0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. We help organizations all across the United States streamline, optimize, implement, and revolutionize their HR operations. We've helped hundreds of companies and thousands of HR leaders across the world get their people processes right. Today, we are interviewing Bill Coletti, we are so excited to have him on. He is a reputation management, crisis communications, and professional development expert. He's been the Wall Street Journal risk and compliance panelist. He's a best-selling author of Critical Moments: The New Mindset of Reputation Management, and he has worked uh, been on the senior counsel in crisis management, corporate communications and reputation defense to a ton of clients such as AT&T, Target, American Airlines, Home Depot, Xerox, Nuclear Energy Institute, Cargill, and major universities, just tons of them. And I can't wait to get his insight and plans into how we can react to this uh, just crazy time. Before we go too deep, though, I want to ask you to please subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, any podcatcher of your choice. You can also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com, which will give you exclusive subscriber-only content. Now, Bill, thank you for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you,
1: Rami. I, um, I'm looking forward to a good conversation and providing some uh, help to folks as they try to navigate through this unprecedented time we're in.
0: Yeah, and and we're gonna it's gonna be a free flowing conversation. For you, longtime listeners, we're gonna skip things like your worst moment in your business career, and mm-hmm. we're just gonna deal with what Bill can, what value Bill can give us for our listeners. So, Bill, give a quick quick rundown of how you got to where you are where you're kind of a point man on
1: crisis management. So started my career doing political campaigns. I did politics for the, ever since I graduated in my in college and beyond um, did that for the first half of my career then went to a large public affairs issues management agency and then we were acquired by a large global public relations firm and I ran their global crisis practice and then about five years ago, went out on my own and started our firm Kith uh, about, uh, as I said, about five, five and a half years ago.
0: Outstanding. So for, so for the last five and a half years, you've been working under your own, own shingle, working with people to try and manage these sorts of public relations issues.
1: Exactly. Just really trying to do it. And the word Kith is meaningful to us is, is that there, if you're not familiar with it, there's a phrase from literature called I'm going home to visit my Kith and my kin And your Mm -hmm. kin and your family and your kith, we subscribe to be kind of your original friends that taught you sophisticated habits. So your family teaches you things about making you who you are, but it's your friends, your high school friends, your college buddies. Those are the folks that really teach you a different set of skills, but more sophisticated life skills. And so we try to be the kith to our client in providing those sophisticated insights and perspectives.
0: That's outstanding. I, we're learning something already. I'm going <laughs> uh, to, what a great name. Uh, the name of my company for 10 years was Poplar Financial. Um, and <laughs> It was called Poplar because we started on the Poplar Avenue. <laughs> and uh, when great. I- yeah, yeah. And when I started my company, it was still pretty new after 9-11. And, and Rami Alijil, the uh, uh, insurance agency, d- just didn't seem like it would fit very well down here in the deep south. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, we recently changed to people processes to say what it is we do. We help yeah, those man, it works perfectly. Out. Yeah. Well, so Bill, right now we have a business, we have, we have a health crisis, we have a family crisis, but beyond that, we, you know, we actually also have a relations crisis, right? How do we talk to our clients, uh, our employees? It's a lot about not just figuring out operationally how to survive, but our communication strategy. And that's something where you kind of
1: step into, right? Yeah, exactly. That's So for the past, I've lost track, three or four weeks, um, we've been working with clients Um, with their initial responses and most everybody's passed their initial response here in the United States. Um, And we're now in this sort of really mushy middle section and we don't, and, and really spend a lot of time on, on talking to companies, people talking to their stakeholders. So we're in this unknown period of time in the middle, but we're starting actually doing a lot of work on, on, Planning about what is coming back look like, and how do we actually do that in a smart, rational, um, but also well reasoned way?
0: That's what I want to focus on this interview uh, because I think by the time this airs, if we're lucky, that's what companies will be considering. If we're not, go ahead and take notes. Maybe it'll be another month after the episode <laughs> airs to give you some good ideas. Before we do, though, what should be the guide? What's the, 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 the framework around a response strategy? If we have any listeners who are, maybe they're in that mushy time, they've already told everybody, look, we're still open or look, we're not open. Um, while they're monitoring events, let's say this comes out and we're still all in lockdown. It's, you know, we've got no end in sight. What should they be doing on a daily or weekly basis to, to guide their decision-making?
1: Awesome. You know, most, all of us that do crisis communications, our first instinct is external or media relations. That's most right. of us that do this. That's what we think about. All of us have become internal communications or people communicators um, very, very quickly. I've always sort of viewed it as a very, very holistically. So I think in this mushy middle, which if we're all, it's really, quite frankly, it's not about the media. It is much more about employees and, te- and your team. Two main things are that, that we we focus on one is ABC always be communicating. We think that companies need to tell their story to their employees and bring them on a journey because if they are doing layoffs, considering layoffs, considering furloughs, whatever the smart things that you advise your clients on all those various permutations, Mm -hmm. we don't know the answers to the, when you and I are recording this, we don't know exactly how long this is going to play out. So cash reserves, are at different places for different companies. I know some of your clients, as soon as last week, were letting people go, laying people off. There are some that are holding on to rainy day funds and cash. You got to take people on a journey. So ABC, always be communicating. That's the challenge in the mushy middle. The second thing is listen. Your teams, it is my fundamental belief, your teams, if we create venues for listening The way we can manage those expectations is by understanding those expectations. And so if we listen to our teams, get leaders, people, managers, wherever they are in the org chart, use video, use Zoom, use teleconferencing, just check in with the messages that you're communicating, since you're always, always be communicating, you're learning listening, and then that helps shape your next statement. So it is very much a continuous cycle. Sadly, we're seeing companies do an initial statement. Right. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we're going to have to close, or unfortunately we're doing this, that, or whatever we're doing in response. And the next messaging is, and we're laying off 3,000 people, or we're doing right. this to 100 people. That's such a tragedy. And, and what I try to tell people in its simplest form is that I want the employees that are going on this journey because I'm a father of a new college graduate. And so she's got her first job. And if she comes back to me and says, Hey, I got laid off or I lost my job, but they handled it in this amazing, wonderful way. They, they really m- made me feel good. If we can do that. And, and I, if we can treat everybody the way I want my daughter treated, if they get, if she gets laid off, that's, I think a success. And the way you do that is listening and always be communicating.
0: And so you're, to kind of take that to a slightly more concrete level, you're, are you a promoter of basically almost radical transparency? So when you're thinking about the communication to give, to give that journey, you almost have to explain the, it's more so you mentioned, all right, we got to close our retail locations. Uh, That's, that's communication one, communication two, four days later. And by the way, all those people at the retail locations, you're all laid off. Here's your termination documents. Talk to the unemployment company. Um, here's how you file unemployment, right? Yep. Um, you're recommending a step in between um, or or more communication along the way that, that provides a, a ramp to that? Is that kind of, am I hearing that right?
1: Yeah. So I think that if we believe in this philosophy of always be communicating is that we have to take our team on a journey. And I would hope that th- this is, native for a lot of companies. I know it's not, but this shouldn't be new. We should always be communicating even in the best of times to set stage to set the stage for our next initiative, to reinforce mission and values. But for a lot of companies that is not exactly how they do things. They do things in a little bit of a, you know, they're, they're not exactly buttoned up uh, when it comes right. to that. So, Arnie Sorensen is the CEO of Marriott um, on Thursday the 19th, he issued a video to his employees contextualizing this challenge for Marriott and talking about it as worse than 9-11 and the financial crisis combined. Then on Sunday, he announced the layoff of 3,000 um, uh, um, headquarters staff. Uh, and And so I believe that, yes, radical transparency. He talked about He talked about occupancy rates, he talked about financial impacts, both contextualized relative to 9-11 and the financial crisis, but also specifically. So yes, I believe in transparency. Radical is a little bit jarring because if a CEO hasn't done this in 2018 and 2019, it could be a little jarring to the organization. So I think it's a long-term conversation, but I'm more aligned in the radical transparency group of sharing what we can share so that people understand we're good people making rational decisions for a greater cause. And I want you to understand that, my team. So yes, I want people to subscribe to that.
0: That's 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 the key, I think, by you need to lay out enough information uh, and perhaps even more, but enough information in a teacher like fashion, in a in a um a human manner that shows uh, that allow that would allow the employee to go, I guess I would have had to make the same decision if I were in that, in that CEO role. Yeah. Something along those lines to, to, to allow that empathy level. So
1: and the way you can do that I mean, is with information, you know, you right, right. So explain you can say, it look, and share it.
0: Yeah. So like we're a law firm, we have 200 employees here. Um, we're going to have to cut staff by 40%, right? I mean, and again, maybe a law firm's not the perfect example, but let's say that that's where they're at because they're a law firm that's primarily interacting with the public, um, um, a, a personal injury attorney firm, something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And along the way, they say, okay, um, the the way to do this would be reassurance in the beginning. We're on t- we're we're looking at this. We're making plans. Step two, informational. Here's here's the context of the situation. Step three, here's our decision. Mm-hmm and why we had to make it, and then the individual communications to the employees laying them off. Something along those lines would Absolutely. be a basic framework to, yep. to handle that.
1: And this. just two tips for people that are in this phase that might not be, you know, if you're retail, you've made, or restaurants, you've made a lot of these moves already. Middle, we're going to talk about coming back. But using words like for the foreseeable future, and then do exactly what you just said of sort of explaining the The rationale is very valuable, and you know our best view that's another phrase that we've been using a lot is our best mm-hmm. view and the foreseeable future and so so organizations are using that and and they're using that transparency to sort of you I don't believe we can soften the blow losing your job right. is yeah. a blow that's, that's a that's a fool's errand to say that we're softening the blow, but we're at least being honest with the process and not doing it in the dark of the night and and, and sending you, you know, on a Friday afternoon with a hatchet, that's, that is not a good practice. And I know you don't like doing that stuff. When clients suggest that.
0: Absolutely. And of course we always recommend just, just random HR one Oh one thing. Friday afternoon is the worst time to fire somebody. Amen. Um, It actually is the uh, just, just random side notes for you listeners. Maybe haven't heard this before. Um, They have nothing to do Saturday or Sunday. (laughs) Um, If you can terminate someone any other day of the week, preferably the earlier in the week better. Um, they can get their unemployment filings. They can start looking for another job. They can make business contacts. This may not apply necessarily during the COVID crisis, but as a rule, um, while you think Friday afternoon, get them out, Don't uh, you know they won't in- infect other employees. If you need to ever do a one-off uh, termination, earlier in the week allows you to control the narrative a lot more. The next day, your employees are going to talk to one another. They're going to talk to you. You're going to be there in the office. Makes a much better sense. Friday afternoon, very very rarely the right choice for layoffs.
1: And I think that last point you just made is what particularly relevant in in a COVID scenario, right? Is is I'm going to be there, and if I have to do this as a leader, or you have to do it as a leader, and or whatever, I want to be present, and be be like, man, this sucks. I get it that this sucks. I'm I'm sorry, but this is just where we are. I want right. to be the leader that's present, and I don't want to I don't want you to do it for me.
0: Right, and and have them hanging out, you know, calling each other or, or or slacking on Saturday and Sunday to shape that narrative. Much better to be there or available. So if you, if we're if we're all right. So let's say we're it's two weeks from now. Everyone who's done layoffs is, who who at least have done their first round, if needed. Um, if they if they haven't made that decision yet, they're looking at it. They go, look, we got another thirty days of runway for cash reserves, something like that. What would be their let's say that they're just you know a good example of this we have um um a couple of of firms that are in the more um consulting space CPAs mm-hmm. um corporate attorneys those kind of things a payroll company is a great example too it's like yeah. we're not hit by the front but if 30% of our clients are shutting down now we're that second wave right mm-hmm. so what would be your kind of recommendation for the holding pattern? The we don't know what's going to happen. We got 30 more days here. Do we start communicating and saying, "Look, guys, if things don't turn around, we're going to have to make some hard choices." Uh, hey, we need to do salary reductions to give us a longer runway. Like, where would you? How how often would you recommend communicate? I mean, always. But do you have any formal yeah, so I think think I, about yeah. smaller size businesses? Yeah, yeah,
1: I think every other day. I think this is every such day. a fast moving dynamic. It's every other day. And in, 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 the, in the concept of a broadcast every other day, by the way, another point we should have, I should have made at the top end that we're advising all of our clients on is that when we think about communications, we have written and spoken are the basic tools that we have. Okay. I believe that memos and emails, written documents are great for information and facts pick up your paycheck here, wash your hands every day. We're not going to be open on Thursday. The cafeteria is closed. 401k benefits, da, 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 da. That's really good for written. If you're trying to share sentiment and care and concern, that is best done on a video. That is best done in a, in, a, in a town hall, Zoom meeting, something like that. I know we're not having many physical meetings right now, which is unfortunate, but I so I think you need to really think is the message here that I'm trying to share a fact, a, a, a next step, or am I trying to share sentiment or care or concern? And so, choose your medium uh, most most appropriately.
0: Really good point. We talk about that a lot in our people processes, broadly around communicating value, not just in anything that is that is beyond pure. You know, sometimes you need a chart. I get mm-hmm. it. You need a piece of yeah. paper or a digital version, but if you're trying to communicate value so this mm-hmm. would be explaining why your 401k is important your your benefits why you made the decisions around them how valuable they are you will find that video as a communication medium is significantly more powerful than any pretty document and yep. incomparable to a to a black and white memo and
1: then just let I me think- just add what we're doing for right now with clients is they're doing a video to their employees. They're explaining this journey. They did the initial announcement. They're in the mushy middle right now. We're then taking, we're recording that, saving it, sharing it. And then we're turning, pulling a really quick transcript, copy editing in it. And you now have the the, the memo to support right. the video. So you, right. so you get a twofer, not, not a radical idea, but it's been, been, been useful for people that haven't done it previously.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, those of us in, in kind of the more external outreach world, we understand the idea of making a video, which turns into a podcast, which turns into a transcript, which turns into a blog post, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But for it can, it can apply for internal communications as well. Start with a video interview style or a town hall, have someone take a
1: notes, turn that into your written communication. Very yeah. good. Hey, Robin, let me ask you a quick question just because I'm, sure. I'm, we're working with this on our clients. CEO, senior leader says, sure, I get it, but I'm not the CEO of Marriott and I'm certainly not, you know, Jack Welch from GE or I'm, I'm not Bill Gates. I'm not really good in that venue. What do I do? How do I manage it? I've, I've, got, a, I've got a response, but I'm just curious your reaction when a leader says, I get it. I don't it. want to be on video. But, I don't, I'd rather. I stink in that venue. <laughs> well, I'll I'll tell you this. My textbook
0: response is it's better to hear from the leader. Uh you are the leader yeah. and that's the thing. Having said that, a couple of my clients I've spo- I I I know them well enough to know no, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> um and so what I will say is if you've been in business a while, you have a communicator. Normally that's an HR person, uh maybe it's your COO, your CFO, and even in a 50-man company, but someone who's going to be the face of this thing? Mm -hmm. who you know you can rely on what you don't want. And this is the the caveat I give. If it's not going to be the CEO, if it's not going to be the owner. Make sure it's not someone you're going to fire midway through this thing. All right. So you don't want to be changing up the face of it, but I would recommend, I would give such a heavy weight to it being the guy or gal who's who's in charge of it. Same Um, guidance
1: we give. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, but I I, I, I gave, I used to give that with no caveats and then, um, I had a, uh, it was an accounting firm and the, you know, chief, the, the owner, the founder, and also, you know, the the CPA in charge of, of many other CPAs went through and did his stuff. And I thought, oh my God, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I was wrong. <laughs> this was not about layoffs. This was just about other kind of c- cultural communications, but some people are not designed for that and they are not going to learn it now. So, exactly. all right. But yeah. Good call. Um, now, when... <laughs> <laughs> um, I will also say this, this is another thing just about video in general. Don't stress about video quality. Um, I will say, especially in your small shops, your 10, your 20, you're even under two or 300 on iPhone video turned around. If you got a, a little mini tripod, great. If not pop it up on some books and, and look at it, maybe not hold it in your hand. So it's not too shaky, but an iPhone video gives you a lot of slack. Absolutely. Um,
1: and it's if authentic, you're gonna, it's
0: real. authentic. It feels right. and No one is going to want you to edit out every um. You just don't have to worry about it. If you are a polished video production kind of place that does this all the time, you've probably already handled it. But for those of you who are making your first kind of video communication to drop at the top of an email that's going out to everybody, please don't stress about mics and video. Take your iPhone out, prop it up, hit the record button, do one long take, and then do it again and use the second one. Perfect. So let's say um, we're past the city shutdown level. We've decided, all right, look, for whatever reason, either the virus has died down or the government has taken a different tack and said, you know what we need to do? We need to get everybody sick real fast. I don't know. I don't know what, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, but here it is two or three weeks out. And it's time to reopen. And let's use the example of a someone who was super hard hit for this. If you, were a, if you had a rough month, but you're, you've been like our company is going to be staying in con, I mean, there's not, not expected to be any interruption to operations or any layoffs for us. Mm-hmm. But for many companies, um, there's been a huge disruption. So let's use the example of a haircutting salon. Maybe they had 20, 30, 40 locations. They closed all the locations cuz no one's getting their hair cut. They can't protect their employees during this thing. They just had to close and they've laid off 300 people and kept a skeleton staff in their admin office to, you know, answer phone calls from these people and help them file unemployment. How do they get the engine going back up? How do they what are the steps and and communication measures that they could take to come back from this better than before. Cause I know there's an opportunity here somehow. No,
1: absolutely. There is. So we'll come to the opportunity in a second. So what we're advising our clients is you gotta look at this. So even pre that decision by that haircutting salon or the, the, the 20 to 40 outlet place. The, I do not believe in watching this both internationally as well as what's going on in the United States. I do not believe that there is going to be a global or United States lifeguard that's going to blow the whistle and say, it's okay to get back in the water. Mm. I think there is there we are not going to have that. And in fact, I think we are going to have very spotty, mixed messaged um, government guidance from the CDC, from the White House, from the state and or your local government. Um, they 're not going to want to take that responsibility they 're not going to want to take that responsibility right so understanding that we 're not going to have a lifeguard blow the whistle and say, "Get back in the pool what it, the way we 're advising our clients is it's this this is dangerous on a podcast, but it 's a visualization that we 're trying to articulate it 's a Venn diagram is that you basically have science in the middle of the middle of the diagram overlaying that as financial. Social and moral, and this is the way we're coaching our clients to think about this decision. On how they come back, there are going to be financial considerations. So our hair salon, hair company, has a financial incentive to come back fast. They they need to retain their team, and there are all kind. There are leases. There's all kinds of financial reasons. So that's a big consideration. There's a social component that your employees need a rallying, a rallying point. They want to come back. They want to work. They want to meet with their colleagues. They want to see their customers. So there is a social component to this and corporations and local communities, because I would assume those 20 to 40 are just important players in the strip mall that they're in, or they're, they're important. So there's a social element to this. There's also pressure of, even if you're not a hair salon, but if you're an office worker people are frustrated being at home with their kids and the dog and having conference calls and barking. And so people want to go back to the office. So you've got financial, you've got social. I think the last component, all of these overlaid by science is the moral component. Yes. That hair salon could come back, but they have their employees standing, you know, with their hands in someone's hair with their shoulder at their, at their chest. Right. That is clearly within six feet. And we don't know the latency of this disease, and so we don't or this virus, and so we don't know how long people are going to have it or don't have it. So, so I get the financial pressure, get online as fast as you can. I get the social pressure, let's meet that need. But what does science tell us about all of those? Plus, what signage are we doing? What how are we keeping our employees safe? How are we keeping our customers safe? Because from a crisis communicator standpoint, to hear that you know, ABC Haircuttery. In Milwaukee, had an outbreak or a little mini wave that came post. Mm. That's a bad scenario. And right. so we've, we're, we're, we're when you and I are recording this, we're in this debate with the president and other political leaders about you know let's all let's all come back and we've had a political leader in Texas talk about you know it's the Dow versus Grandma, and then if we're over <laughs> seventy, we'll make a choice between that and the Dow because the economy is so important. I don't believe most of the leaders I want to work with and that I do work with are going to choose grandma. They're not going to choose the Dow and they're not going to choose their financial reward.
0: Yeah. I think that's a, I don't know if that's the, actually the choice, but given that choice, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, that's an easy one.
1: Yeah. Um, So there is, so we're advising clients to think about it in all three of those contexts. And then that will shape messaging that that will shape what we do and how we come back. Financially, Mm. you need to explain it. We're going to come back. We're only going to open 10 stores and then we're going to open our second 10. And so that's a financial consideration, social, you know, team meetings, bringing everybody up to speed. They're going to have to adjust child care and all the things that they've already set up. Their kids may or may not be back in school, but you're requiring the work. So there's a social component that requires messaging. And then this moral additional signage, additional rules of engagement, all of those things need to be worked out. So if we think about it in that framework of science in the middle, financial, social, and moral, we think all of that will then lead to good messaging. If you've always been communicating, it just is a nice, natural segue in order right. to do that. I've, I've actually got a pending
0: question with one of my attorneys uh, that we're trying to determine. But when you lay off a bunch of people, one of my questions has been how much, at yeah, my understanding at that point is obviously there can be no compulsory work. Um, there are no work at all, but no compulsory meetings, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I would think, and this is a big part that I think I need to stress, Communications to your terminated employees is going to be a key. So one thing that we've been putting on our termination checklist is gathering, obviously, verify contact information, but get a personal email address, guys. Um, You need to be able to remain in contact. And if you're going to be doing like an every other day blast internally, you need to continue to provide that information, I think, to those you've laid off. They're going to stay more in the loop and be more likely to be able to rejoin quickly.
1: One hundred percent. For, we yeah, for to furloughed to employees,
0: it's different. Like if you're if they're furloughed and you're still providing benefits and all these kind of things, obviously you can maintain their company email, those kind of things. But if you're doing a full layoff, um, you may want to make a separate list. However, you want to do it, but they need to get your constant communications as well.
1: So, would it be possible while I get the compulsory meeting? We had a company that that did this with uh, 30 or so employees of restaurant chain. And um, they made the mistake when they did this, they cut off everybody's company email. And yep. they were like, "Ah, gosh, we can't tell anybody anything. So they're fixing that just exactly like you suggested. They're fixing it. Could you keep the company email on for no. them? You have, you right. have, there's a, pro- that has to be a part of the process. Okay.
0: It re- unfortunately, you your company email is is considered a internal asset of the company. Um, you you really can't, really shouldn't unless you're. Now there is one exception. We actually we worked many many years ago with an AOL distributor. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. and as part of severance, they gave people their AOL emails. But everybody has AOL emails. It's a different thing. Right. Um, but but. But in your, in, in, in the vast majority of cases, unfortunately, and, and this is also for protection, you need to be, if you're doing a layoff, you need to be doing the cut. And if you're doing a furlough, IE, especially among, you know, your, your hourly and, and sal- it actually applies to salary too. You got to keep them from working. I've had many companies come and tell me, you know, we're doing the layoff, we're doing the furlough thing. I'm going to cover their insurance. And my guys are coming back to me going, you know, Jack, just let me know I'll work from home. I'll do whatever, you know. If you need me, I'll come in. You know, maybe it's the, I'm the only guy that day, but we'll just, we just got to get through this while I file unemployment. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You gotta, the, the, it will, it will, I understand you got to survive and there's all, you know, I tell people compliance is a spectrum. So go a hundred percent and go out of business is not the answer, but, mm-hmm. um, you can't let people you're not paying do work for you. Okay uh, there's, there, it creates fraud in many different levels and will come and bite you a year from now in a way that you will not want. So, yeah. so yeah, so you got to cut, cut off company emails. Part of your termination needs to be collecting the ability to to reach out to them. If you're under 50 employees or maybe 25, I'll have to go back to my notes. Um, and you do do a mass layoff. It's actually a requirement of the family's first coronavirus relief act to, uh, bring those people back into the same job um, over the next year, if you can, if right? Yeah, If you can. Well, it's actually, that's the requirement for everybody. But for those under 50, you can say, look, I don't have a job to bring you back into right now, but you got to communicate with them over the next year and let them know when a new job opens. So maintaining that list of communications is going to be super important from a compliance perspective, but also it gives you a place to distribute these communications along the way to keep people informed of what's going on. Let's say, if you're doing, if
1: you're always communicating, that is a, that's something to explain because in all of the three different relief bills that have come through, there are just, there are different HR components in each one. Absolutely. And, And depending upon what stage you are and what actions you've taken, sharing that is, here's my interpretation or here's our understanding of our obligations and what we're going to need to do. And so that's all, that's, again, that's in this weird middle phase. That's all great content to use for ABC.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you guys are subscribers to us and you hear a, you know, compliance memorandum or something that, that you're like, okay, that's, if I'm talking about it, more than likely your employees are hearing about it. Maybe it's something you can address in that every other day video. And again, for you, for you, you guys who don't have a video studio in your office or a marketing team that does video, get your iPhone out or your Android. Mm -hmm. I personally prefer Android. And just go, you know, every other day, start off with your video. If, look, here's what we've done over the last two days. Here's what we're seeing. Um, we've investigated this part. We've, we, You know, our understanding is it doesn't apply to us or it does apply to us. Just keep people in the loop. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: So let's say that, that go back to that haircutting salon. Here you. it is. We're thinking, We're thinking. all right, financially, we got to reopen. Um, we know there's, dem- and the question for them is going to be, is there demand, right? They don't want to open if there's nobody going to show up. But yep we're seeing all over the country, other stuff, other companies are opening up. <clears throat> I think they're crazy, but they're doing it anyway. We're going to pick our 10 highest performing stores and reopen them. Um, what, what would be there? I mean, obviously there's an HR side of things. There's you're, you're technically rehiring people. Your system should have a rehire process, wave uh, waiting periods for benefits. If you drop them off your benefits, all sorts of kind of compliancy crap, but, In terms of communication or marketing or PR, how would you recommend addressing that decision um, for both employees internally and the external side? How do you get people back through the door?
1: Yeah. So fight the instinct to to label this as a grand reopening or something like that. Because <laughs> congratulations, we're open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Just a really bad idea. And so we have to realize that some areas of the country are gonna come back slower than others. You know, New York, for example, mm. big cities are gonna come back different. So it's gonna be very spotty. So I'm really advocating super micro targeted communications. You have to let your customer know, hopefully you've got a customer database. They should be in your consideration set for always be communicating to let them know what's going on because they're a stakeholder just like your employee groups are.
0: Mm. I
1: think the messaging um, is there. I think some couponing, some discounts, things like that are inbounds and in play. Um, I think what the the opportunity is, is you know how do you do this with enthusiasm and grace, because not everybody's going to be the same place that you are. That hair cutter in Milwaukee, everybody's not going to be in the same place, and so you've got to be smart and conscious about that. But recognize you have a business. If you think about it in those those ways that I structured—financial, social, and moral—I think you'll make better decisions. Trust your gut. I always advise that to communicators and marketers. How does this make me feel? How does this make me feel um, in the context? And so with if it makes me feel like we are way hyping the fact that we opened three out of our 20 stores, bring that up, think about it, talk about it and, and mm. do an engagement. We think a scenario in this middle phase, there should be very, very intentional about the grand opening and companies should be doing what if. What if we did that? What if we did this? What if we did that in sort of a, a tabletop exercise or a, theory, a, a discussion? Um, a lot of communicators aren't doing a lot of communicating right now. A lot of marketers aren't doing a lot of marketing. So I I would stand them up because just you and I have created two or three different hypothetical permutations. Organizations should be thinking about that in those contexts of those three um, three constraints.
0: Something about talking to a crisis communicator like yourself made me think. All right, what if Uh, You mentioned it in your, your, your moral weighing. What if you reopen and there is a relapse Mm -hmm. or your industry in particular is get some bad press or something like that. So that's, I'm not saying that we have a plan for that. I'm saying when you're weighing the reopening, um, weigh a second wave right way. All right. Well, what if we have to lay everybody back off in two weeks or more, you know, or perhaps even in a long-term way, what if we, what, what, what is the, what is the risk of, of, of creating a bad news article on our company? (laughs) Let's, let's mitigate that risk as that's, that's a very, you know, it may be a relatively low likelihood, um, or it may be a high one depending on the size of your organization. Uh, but,
1: well, we talk about when we do that, so that's risk planning, basically what you're describing, is that what we talk about it is, is an X, Y axis of likelihood and impact. Okay, so what's the likelihood that this could happen? Put it on, on the X axis. Mm. And what's the impact? You put that on the Y axis and you get a really clear picture of things that really matter and things that you should really focus on. And then you circle when you're doing this in a a non-corona context, you then circle things that we could have uh, that we can impact. So force majeure events, weather events, hurricanes, Mm -hmm. active shooter, not a lot we can do about that. There's not a lot as a company I can do to manage um, or or mitigate the impact of a hurricane or tornado. We're in tornado season where you are and where, where a lot of people in the central United States are. We know that that's going to be pretty high impact. We also know in the spring, it's going to be pretty high likelihood, but there's not much I can do about it. So we we go through that process. So similarly, as we just do the finite risks about reopening, what happens if we have to relay off? What happens if we have to scale back and we're 20 stores, we open 10, but we really got to dial that back to five. And then what happens if there's negative media coverage? What's our response? We think that there's always answers to that. And if you are financial, social, and moral, if you think about it in that context, there is rationale and explanation, and you won't make cavalier or dumb decisions <laughs> um, if you think about it by doing what if what if scenarios right now.
0: Right. Um, a couple of HR notes: those people who you are doing these scenarios with, um, either they're your board, they're your advisory group that that are not employees that are that are your friends, family, lawyers, whatever. Uh, but if they are employees, do recognize that as paid work. Uh, just a random hashtag compliance. That's great. Um, when, you're, when you mentioned, all right, a good storm or an active shooter or those kind of things, you cannot mitigate the likely... Well, it's very difficult to mitigate the likelihood of it
1: Correct.
0: taking you offline or it occurring. But you can mitigate your um, likelihood of negative exposure
1: mm-hmm. by
0: basic I mean you'll see and you see this in big companies all the time oh my God I'm shocked to find their sexual harassment at Starbucks luckily we have you know we've been doing sexual harassment training every year on all employees even though it doesn't seem particularly um it, you go oh well that didn't stop anything well it did stop the story that is not only is there sexual harassment but there is you've you know we had a we had a competitor I'm not going to mention them years ago uh, that went under because while they they had some they had crazy internal issues, uh, sex in the stairwells and parties where people were getting uh, roofied and just all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and they didn't survive it. Oh, well, they they're still in business, but they they lost eighty percent of their value valuation over this. Um, and the real reason wasn't because in a Silicon Valley startup that's become a unicorn that's grown from five employees to sixteen hundred in two years. Uh, these things aren't going to happen. It's because they never addressed them. They never had training. They never, they never even made a freaking policy about it. It was just total blinders. So I will say that in this case and others, uh, to, to circle this back to COVID, the communications matter and they serve. A, uh, they they serve the purpose of obviously informing and actually doing work, but they also serve the that you did the effort. So if there was a negative event over this you have a reference to say look we thought about it we we communicated it we i know it still went wrong but i promise it wasn't just a cavalier or dumb decision it was what we knew based on the information we had at that time
1: yeah i mean great guidance and and it never ceases to amaze me that in the light of me too and the light of what we've been through since 2015 when this thing really started but the 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 second half of of the of this decade where sexual harassment and issues related to that, um, that companies aren't doing that training, aren't thinking about it, recognize that it can happen. Um, it surprises me the companies that still have that sort of culture. Uh, but, but yes, there, there are lots of things you can do about it. And from a media standpoint, if you have, it is, it's, it is easy to isolate bad actors. That is not reflective mm. of the company that we are. And that's the reason we do what we do with our clients in, in a planning scenario is you, they need to get the benefit of the doubt. Well, that's not the company I know. And and that's, that's what we're actually striving right. for. It's not immunity because these things happen with big enterprises, but it's the, that's not the company I do get the benefit of the doubt and actually the a semblance of goodwill. Um, but by, but you got to, you got to walk the walk not just talk the talk on that.
0: Right. And I think that that it almost goes back to what you're talking about on this on this particular crisis. are I mean in a very Machiavellian way you're by by providing this information, by showing your the the reality of the situation, giving the information needed for your frontline employees to understand what's going on, you are giving you're allowing them to give you the benefit of the doubt even when obviously this is impacting them and you and everybody else very negatively if you if you aren't putting any effort into the communication side, they have no they almost have no choice but to assume this is um, not in not not the best decision, right mm-hmm. if you can't if you if you aren't willing to give those communications. well, uh Bill, we're getting towards the end, and so what I'm hoping now is we're we're gonna we're in a second we're gonna talk about when a company should contact you guys and how to do so. but let's imagine for a minute I'm a seven man. Construction company, or a twenty-five man daycare, or a seventy-five man—we run into this a lot. uh, School, those kind of things—they're not—they're—they're at their end cash-wise. They're strapped out. They don't know what to do. What could they, after listening to this, get out a piece of paper or set up a conference call and and do electronically? What would be like? two, three, four, five actions that we could enumerate right now that they could do on their own that would be worth, hey, I listened to this interview for an hour. I had a great, that I learned a lot, but I want to do these couple of steps and it's going to make an impact on on our end result after we get out of this thing.
1: Yeah. Always be communicating. Pull out a video, just like you said, your iPhone, Android, whatever, and tell your team what's on your mind. All right. Just tell your team these are the things we're thinking about. These are the financial impacts that have hit our organization. So I think that's one, agree that you always, that, that ABC makes sense. Two, shoot a video and tell a story and, and let people know what's on your mind. Have some sort of either, if you're seven to 70, I think in your examples that were there, is that you should have, a, have, a, have subset team meetings. Listen. So open your ears, have a group meeting. It's it's your call, whether you do 70 or whether you do in in groups of 10, whatever the case may be, but have a team meeting. Listen, um, because I fully, fully believe, and I believe this in almost just about everything that we do, the marketplace will tell you the truth. Mm. You just have to ask it and you just have to be open to hearing what the, what the marketplace will tell you. So I think those three things, is that if you do them well, that will set you in a stage in, your, in this hypothetical of where you'll be in the future. The other thing, as a leader, surround yourself with experts. I think find people that make you do that, that encourage you and allow you to do the HR processes, the stuff that your expert expertise is. Surround yourself with experts and start soliciting them get your financials in order, look at your accounting, have your team prepare forecasting, put a 20% budget together, a 50% budget together and kind of like an old crap budget if 50% yeah. is not oh crap. So I think those are without sort of rambling, but I think those three specific communications things, but for finding really, you know, get your posse together uh, because I th- really think that's critical um, mm. to do that.
0: I like that. Let me recap. First up, uh, a layout of the situation, do it via video, tell people just where where we're at what's going on, how this is impacting our business. same video next video, start doing a every other day uh communication of what's happened what's going to happen what we're thinking about how we're at three and this is the this is an interesting one because i'm telling you i don't think many companies are doing this. Team meetings, uh, internal, open open forums, town halls, whatever you want to call them, where you're there to listen. Let's dive into that a little bit in sure. just a second. Uh, and then four, start putting your expert team together. You need HR, you need uh, marketing communications, you need law, uh, operations, whatever your team is, start getting it together, make a plan, make your projection, and start going, hey, how do we come out of this in two months, three months, two weeks? six months. What's going to be our plan. Let's go ahead and start doing the work. They may not have much else to do right now. Might be a good time. Now your HR guy, he's got a lot to do, but Mm -hmm. your marketing team, they may be going, Hey, let's, I actually, we have a client about 70 employees, 70 marketing people. Um, and they do, you know, outsourced marketing. And of course they have, they're taking a big hit right now. Their ad buys are down all those kind of things. Um, and they are probably, I don't know, if, uh, they may or may not have to go through layoffs, that kind of thing in the next while. But I'll tell you this, the, the leadership is going, this is our, we've been growing so fast for the last three, five years. This is our opportunity to revise our internal operations and make explosive plans for our clients when they come back. Absolutely. When the clients come back and go, hey, it's time, they're going to be blown away by what this marketing company has for them. I'm, I'm, they're considering it a, the reason they're not doing layoffs is the owners are pooling money and deciding this is going to be an investment. We're turning our company into a think tank for the next three months for all of our clients and potential clients. And we're going to come out of this in a whole new way. And I, I, all the power to them. I think that's outstanding. I'm, I'm cheating and and copying their idea in a lot of ways. Um,
1: yeah, Rami, one but, thing I would add just on that experts yeah. list, just to, yeah. and I know we'll follow up on the other point, but the experts list, you rattled off everything, a lot that are really important. Mental health and, and, and thinking mm-hmm. about your people's mental needs. Now, perhaps your HR legal communications folks might dabble in that or might have some resources, but I, I think that best in class employees that care about the whole employee um, are, are thinking about getting a mental health expertise or at least a pamphlet. Uh, very good level of understanding.
0: <laughs> very good point. And, and that is a, that is is will uh, just hit this real quick. Most of you who provide group health insurance, uh, your large, your big fives, your Humana, United, Cigna, Aetna, uh, they are, they are a uh, blue crawl, your blues, uh, depends on your blue, but the others are all pushing heavily, lots of resources. Um, around mental health, wellness, and of course, televisits for and actual they're free, illness. aren't
1: they? Aren't, if you're, yeah, they're you're almost all there. free. Yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know, um, you know, some of these, you know, uh, Humana especially has really impressed me with their, um, materials and av- availability. Mo- they've opened their employee assistant program to a lot of companies who weren't paying for it. If you're one of their clients, um, and they're, rec- you know, they're providing marketing materials and outreach to give internally. Um, They've upstaffed and seem to be handling the volume pretty well, which is downright surprising. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that's an absolutely great point. And some of these internal communication, there you go. So what were what we talking about every other day, a communication video, absolutely. one of them, how do you take care of yourself guys? And here are the resources you have on hand to, to explore. And if you need uh, support and counseling, here's a way to get it. Uh, but even beyond that, when you got a sore throat and you don't think it's COVID, here's here's how you access your telehealth. Mm-hmm. Um, you're working from home now. Stop eating the potato chips. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's here's some here's some guidance on on ways to work out at home. I know it sounds silly, but your insurers really really want you to not all go up twenty pounds in the next two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, just something to think about. On that team meeting, going mm-hmm. around, circling back to that, we've got a what's on our mind. We got a situation. We put our expert team together. We're using this as a opportunity to get our plans in order. We email all of our employees and laid off employees and say, Hey, we're having an open town hall. We want to hear feedback. Like, what are we asking for here? Are we going to, we'll start, you know, maybe in the email say, Hey, for the first 15 minutes, I'm going to cover where we're at. But the main purpose of this is to get what from you guys. Why are we having
1: this? It's a three-part recipe um, in my part. Um, First of all, now, this may or may not work for a town hall. We've actually got a client doing one tomorrow, and we're doing an experiment on this. So, we, these are the three things, and whether they scale to town hall or they scale just to people managers and their ten to twelve people. Number mm. one is how are you? We haven't we haven't talked in a while. We haven't been connected in a couple of days. How are how are things with your family? How are things with you? What are you hearing? So, I think that's objective number one. Simply be a, a good human and ask that context. Mm. Two, reflection and comment on what we've already shared. So we've got this client that's doing it tomorrow. They have issued three videos through this journey um, and and subsequent written materials. Is any questions, anything we can clarify on on what we've shared is the second thing. And then the third thing is, what do you need from us? What can we be telling you? What are you, what questions do you have? And so those are the three steps that we're encouraging managers to do. I don't know if that's going to scale at a town hall meeting because right. you're always going to find, you know, there are always people that say, say crappy things and it's right. Into and a they're going to be pissed and, crap and you're
0: going to, you're, you're going to have 700 people sitting there while someone complains. About exactly.
1: I, I think right, there's right. large group management tactics that you can use um, sure. in that. So, so I'm, I'm actually in this unique environment, pretty bullish on these and that, it, that you can manage the bad because um, I think there's, there are so many good people, uh, that are there. People have shared with me, well, Facebook tells me all I need to know. And I'm like, <laughs> no, And Glassdoor or Glassdoor or Facebook or whatever online. And I'm like, no, I, there are a lot of companies I really like, but I'm not going to write it. But if a company pisses me off, that's when I'm going to write it. So why don't we give a chance for your fans and friends to say good things about you at a town hall? And so mm-hmm. that's, so that's, it's, it's a courage leap. And then you know we're we're it's it's I don't want to make up a statistic, but it's a small number. two out of ten of our clients are actually trying something like that because there is the inherent risk the things that you and I talked about right, right? but but i I think in this is a unique environment now's the time to to you know to share
0: I think if I were talking to one of my clients and they were concerned about that, I would say start small totally. um. Go by store, go by, uh, start with your, start with your leadership team, Mm -hmm. then have your leadership team do it with their direct Mm -hmm. reports, Mm uh, break it out. And maybe along the way you find, Hey, a big, big family meeting would be a, you know, big whole wide company meeting would be a good idea, but Mm
1: -hmm. baby steps. no, this is Baby you, don't steps, need, you don't need to jump in steps. the deep end. Absolutely. But
0: I think even just just laying that out, what are we, we going to talk about? Um, if we have a 10-man company, God, guys, can we? So how are you guys? How are we doing? Um, any, any news you want to share? How's your family impacted? We did this yesterday. You know, we have uh, employees whose one of our employees, their husband, their mother, their father, and their brother have all been laid off. Mm-hmm. They are the only person, and they have kids, two kids. Mm-hmm. um they are the only person in their you know parental family group that has a job left mm-hmm. and it's like we t- we talked about that in a, in a in a group and you know we expressed our sympathies and moved on and i find out later you know our employees are literally reaching out and being like what does your brother do you know what do your parents do how do we fit, you know can we help turns out the mother is a baker she had to shut she she worked at a bakery there was, you know, one of our employees contacted me and then another company and they did a giant bakery order for her to do in her house. Right. So just getting that connection and tightness will be huge. Um, Getting feedback on what you've done up till now. That's a great reason to do small groups to start with, uh, figure out what what the sentiment is. And then especially asking what questions are you getting? What can, what can we help you with? will give you fodder for your future communications. That's the, the most important question. I think that's great. And uh, that's outstanding. Um, so let me, let me, we're, we're wrapping up now and we got to head out, but Bill, if someone's listening right now and they go, God, I agree, but I don't know where to start. Um, and they're of a larger size. What is it? What is the size of company? What's going through their head? What situation are they in that they need to go to kith.co K-I-T-H dot C-O and reach out to you on like what, what, what is that person?
1: It's, it's typically a middle market company that has a thoughtful leader. That's concerned about reputation. That's concerned about kind of getting communications, right? Someone that wants to hear what other people are doing. We are trying Kith, our firm, we are trying to be as generous as we can be. And so we take phone calls with everybody don't know if they're ever going to be a client. And so mm-hmm. we are being really, really helpful. We've got a number of different ways people engage. They can buy my time by the minute. If they just want to call and talk and have me just sort of rattle off what we're doing with other people, we can do that. There's a retainer relationship was our standard model um, that we work with our clients on. So so we're if you're a thoughtful leader, you'll just want to shoot it and have a conversation. I am absolutely happy to do that. Um, you know, packed calendars nowadays, but love to find that time and and just to be helpful because we've got a unique set of skills because this is all we do is crisis communications. Mm -hmm. And we think now's the moment to share it as broadly as we can. So um, a little bit less about the who and a little bit more about the how, call. And you can reach out to us, our phone numbers on the website, email, lots of LinkedIn, Twitter, different channels. You can find us but um, we're doing a lot of those conversations of simply being helpful because we think that's important to what we do as a firm in, in this unique environment that we find ourselves.
0: Outstanding. So if you guys want to reach out, you can find him at KISS. that's K-I-T-H dot C-O, no M. He's also on LinkedIn at n slash Bill Colletti. Links will be at peopleprocesses.com, also on Twitter at B Uh, Bill, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your expertise with us. I think it's a... Uh, you brought a ton of value. So thank you for coming on.
1: Well, Rami, thank you. And thank you for what you're doing. I love your, if you haven't had a chance to check out his, uh, the one, two, three, and I think that it's going to be subsequently more Q&A sessions. It's really fabulous stuff because I think a lot of companies are are making it up as we go along. And so any good inbound information is really valuable.
0: Thank you so much, Bill. Have a great day. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. My name is Rami Alijil. I'm the CEO of People Processes, and I hope you found this useful. I hope you learned something. It's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.